0: get ready for episode number 35 of the Can Do MS podcast. Today, we welcome Tyler Campbell and Dr. Mitzi Williams back for part two of the podcast titled Finding Your Voice. If you didn't listen to part one, please go back and make sure to listen to episode number 34. We definitely don't want you to miss out on part one of this great conversation. So now welcome back.
1: Hey, Absolutely. excited to be here. We Hey, if you missed exactly. the earlier part, you missed something sweet. You hear me? You better go back and you hit that playback back. button.
0: <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Because we are having a good time and talking about some really, really important stuff. Okay, so now let's switch gears, Tyler, and let's talk about wellness, right? So coming from the aspect of an athlete, I know you know a lot about wellness. Yes. Tell me what wellness means to you.
1: For me, I, I like to always think of it in three different three different stages, right? Of course, being an athlete, I was introduced to physical wellness from a standpoint. Uh, but as MS came into my life, Missy, I'm, I'm gonna be real. I learned there's also a mental wellness standpoint, and there's also for me, I think the last one is kind of like a, a a faith standpoint for me, because um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of hope, a lot of uncertainty. You're gonna have to lean on Spiritual. something mm-hmm. in your own mm-hmm. facet of of where you are with MS. So the body, you only get one of these, right? Um, and. And you you got to treat it the best way that you can. So with MS, I was you know, obviously culture to just start doing a different thing. It's, we can't be eating Bojangles all the time. Uh, I can't be at Man. In-N-Out Burger on the West Coast all the time. <laughs> I can't be at Whataburger in Texas all the time. You feel me? So I'm just being open. This is me. This is me. Right. I'm talking about where I was. Tyler had to make some shifts and some changes from a physical standpoint. Um, you may not be able to hit the gym all the time, but there's something to be said about being able to stand at times throughout mm-hmm. the day there's something to be said about being able to walk to the mailbox um right. those little things i'm not i'm not talking about marathon wonders but there is a greater attention to be able to to, to, to play towards your physical health and watch this we can control that it doesn't take a doctor yeah. visit to do that that's a decision you make up in your own mind to make right. some adjustments like we talked about earlier from a mental standpoint just knowing that, hey, you may need to talk to somebody about what you're going through. Your overall mental approach to how you handle this disease is very, very big. Depression is real, Missy. It's very, um, real. And it very is common. Not a fig- yes, it is not a mm-hmm. figment of the imagination. And and your faith, whatever your faith endeavor is, lean on that because it gives you that hope. Um, mm-hmm. And that hope will create determination. Um, with that term, determination is a positive attitude, right? We talk about right. how your attitude plays into so much. When you have hope, it creates that positive attitude. And when you have a positive attitude, there's no limit to your altitude as a mm. human being and what you can do. So um, I'll break it down into those three parts, but they are your, your, your wellness is everything.
2: So important, so important, and there's so much to unpack there. Okay, so let's start with the physical. I love what you said about recognizing small games. Right? When I talk to people about exercise, oftentimes, especially if they have some type of physical impairment from their MS, um, or if they're dealing with fatigue, I tell folks you have to reframe what you think of as exercise. Right? Yes. So a lot of times we think of exercise, we think you go to the gym, you put on your Ivy Park or you know Adidas out. <laughs> Fit, you know, you work out for an hour, 30 minutes on the treadmill, 30 minutes on the weights. But walking to the mailbox two or three times, right? Parking a little further away in the grocery store and walking further, right? Every little bit counts. And so we have to reframe our thinking and again adjust so that we think just because I can't do this doesn't mean I can't do anything, right? All of us can do something. I had one patient who was so remarkable. Um, She was a, a woman who had been living with MS and unfortunately had lost the use of her legs and only had the use of one arm. And every time she came in my office, she needed to lose some weight and she was getting skinnier and skinnier. And I said, well, what are you doing? You can only use one arm. And she said, well, I changed my diet, right? So just because I can't do that doesn't mean there's nothing I can do. And so that power of our mental um, thinking and our our mental state is so hugely important. And the other thing is to recognize is that you already said is that our mental um, thought process significantly affects our physical outcomes right so if we keep telling ourselves we Mm. can't do it you're not going to be able to deal with it. Mm. And so making sure that we use that community support, making sure that we get that help, the help of a counselor or a therapist or a faith-based counselor, mm. whatever that help is that we need, seeking that out is extremely important um, to our success and to the look of wellness. And um, to use one of my Dr. Mitzi-isms as I call them. Here
1: they come, y'all, here they play. come. You know they're coming, here they you know come. they're coming, get your right? Get ready. Dr. Get your ready. right? <laughs> so Go there's ahead, a part
2: Miss. you play, right? Yes. There's a part you play and there's a part medicine plays. No medicine is going to take away the part that you play. So mm. once you get that diagnosis, once you get on a good treatment regimen, that still doesn't mean that you just sit on your hands and do nothing, right? Say You've got to be too. doing that physical exercise, engaging in that community, et cetera, to try to uh, move forward. Yes. Now, yes. when we think about wellness, a big part of wellness is the physical part. And oftentimes, especially throughout different points in that journey of wellness with MS, there are a lot of interactions with the healthcare system. When people get first diagnosed, they see me a lot. Once they're doing good, I might see them every six months or once a year. But there are some communities, Tyler,
1: where
2: some people's interaction with the healthcare system is not necessarily positive. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about trust. One of the biggest parts of being a provider, you know, a healthcare provider is that I have to establish trust with my patients. And so kind of what does trust look like and what are maybe some of those examples where people interact with the system um, and don't necessarily have as positive outcomes.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm, with, I'm I'm for me I want people to remember I was I was 21 years old. I'm young the healthcare system is not something i've really navigated to outside of getting annual physicals which is nothing major until you have to get to a point of really treating an ailment or a disease um so a lot of a lot of trial and a lot of error experienced on on my part but is actually through navigating the healthcare system in terms of making my own phone calls mitzi and maybe mm-hmm. not getting the answer i wanted to that day it may have taken a week may have taken even a couple months on a medication especially when we're talking about financial pieces but it's learning that there are programs there are right. initiatives that are out right. there and there are a lot of them to help you get the adequate. Uh, care that you need specifically when it comes to paying for pharmaceutical remedies that you need to treat your MS and the different support groups that are available. But like you said earlier, there's a list of things that we've talked about in self-advocacy and all those things and adjustments that allowed me to get to that point. Um, And so when I had navigated through trial and error, figuring out, okay, there are programs out there, Because there are trial and errors with my MS medications. I was not on just one MS medication, Mitzi. Hello. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it may take doing a a couple things before you find it out. I hope it's not for you, but but that's what it took for me. What it did was it allowed me to approach a neurologist and let a neurologist know what I want, let a neurologist know what I need. So a neurologist Mm -hmm. can give me guidance and direction as to how we go out and get there. You know, so right. that's, that's the thing. I think there's something to be said when you are interacting with people in the healthcare system, with you having an agenda uh, for your own self-advocacy and awareness of what you are looking for, because right. your diagnosis of MS is not like the patient who walked in the, 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 the 30 minutes before you're getting to see it. You have a different level, you have a different body. And so, um, those are the things, kind of creating my own MS world of what I want my pharma or, or, or what I want my healthcare interaction to look like, and then right. the professionals were able to usher me. My neurologist was able to usher me, but my neurologist couldn't usher me until I well, until I voiced what it was I was looking for, um, right. you know. Right. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, so that's so good. So when we talk about your relationship with a neurologist, I think that this is extremely important, you know, because one of the reasons that i chose ms is because i'm a people person and i love people and i love being on this journey with people i love seeing people go from diagnosis where they may have been kind of you know uh dealing with the difficulty of it dealing with the uncertainty two three years later they're showing me baby pictures you know they graduated from this you know i love to see the other side of that but it really is important to have a trusting relationship. And I think that one thing that people need to know very early on is that if you encounter maybe that first neurologist and you don't feel like you have that trusting relationship with them, it's okay to seek a second opinion. Say that. And and I've seen a lot of people, it's okay to seek a second opinion. And I've had a lot of people run into difficulty with that and maybe not go on treatment because maybe they interacted with that person and they gave them a handful of pamphlets and mm. you know they were like well i don't want to do this be persistent, what I heard you saying throughout a lot of what you were just talking about was that you were persistent. If you didn't get the answer uh, this day, you call back another day. Mm-hmm. If you didn't uh, get you know, what you needed here, then we looked over here for it. And so you have to be persistent when it comes to your healthcare. Mm-hmm. If you're with a, a, a healthcare team that you don't feel confident in, then find another one, Finally. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, find another one. And I tell people even who see me, listen, if you don't have confidence in the decisions that we're making together, I'm not going to be offended if you look for somebody that you think fits you better, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing offensive about that because it really is a journey, right? And when we talk about treatments and telling people things about yourself that you wouldn't tell anybody else, you need to have that trusting relationship. And then another piece um, that I think is extremely important when we talk about self-advocacy was that you talked about resources. There are many, many resources that are available to people with MS. It's not just with pharmaceutical companies, but also with our advocacy groups, right? Like Can Do MS, like the MS Society, like the MS Foundation. And you don't know about those if you're not connected, right? So I think connection is another extremely important aspect of self-advocacy within the healthcare system, connected either to a support group, connected with some of these foundations or other groups, or connected with advocates such as yourself, because that's where you find out information, right? Like networking, right? Yeah. When you're trying to get a job, or you're trying to you know, get in somewhere, it's about who you know. Mm, and so say when that. you know people who know things, then you know things that's too. Good, and sense. so um, I think that that's an extremely important part is connecting with, the MS community in whatever way that looks like for you. I think one of the challenges, especially for underserved communities, whether those are people of low socioeconomic status, um, in some cases, people of color like us, um, sometimes people don't have positive interactions with the healthcare system. Sometimes people may have delayed diagnosis, or they may experience bias or discrimination within the system. Tell me about kind of how you um, have either helped people navigate or deal with that, or maybe some of the things that you may have um, either dealt with personally or had people that you know with them as who dealt with some of those issues and how they've overcome them.
1: To be, to be honest, Missy, I'm going I'm to be real. I looked, at with, I looked at what I have. I looked, at, I looked at my family. I looked at who I am and what I come from. And then I looked outside of my family to get a greater understanding. What I mean by that is I looked at my family tree. I looked at what I come from. I have a mm-hmm. grandfather who, who was present on D-Day, was a part of the Black Army Air Corps. I looked at my wow. father, who was an NFL Hall of Famer and a Heisman Trophy winner. I looked at my mom mm-hmm. and my dad, first generation college students, came from absolutely nothing to make something of themselves. And so I looked right. at my family tree and it's like, whoa, well, it wasn't about having money. It was just about having a will and about having people who have a desire to just do something with their life. So I said, mm-hmm. yo, I'm gonna do something with my MS. And then I looked at my history of people. I looked at the mm-hmm. culture. I looked at my ancestral heritage of people that right. I come from. I looked at W.E.B. Du Bois. I looked at MLK. I looked at Marcus. I looked at all these people. I said, yo, I come from something. And right. so with that, it says I can do something with this MS journey and watch this. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck. It's not going to be fun. Matter of fact, I'm going to probably hear no more times than I hear yes. So just get comfortable. But I come from a history of overcoming something. And it's like we always have a story to tell when we overcome. So I was constantly looking for that one day when I can tell and share that story of overcoming. But I know of what I come from. So if if y'all in in your family ain't that great, cool. Look at ancestral heritage. Find a story that you like of people who don't even look like you if that's what it's got to do. But you create what it is that you are looking for and what you want and you go out and have it for yourself. So I said, Missy, I come from heroes and a hero is not gonna give up just because somebody says you can't get treatment here or because we don't offer that service here. Love I'm going to walk into an infusion clinic and I'm going to ask other MS patients in this infusion clinic that may not even look like me. How did you get to where it is that you got? How did you find? And then you start building your own book. You are a best-selling novel yet to be written. I'm telling y'all.
2: Yes, you know what I'm I saying? Love and, it. I and so love that's, that's kind of what it.
1: got me. I created my own imaginary world. Yeah, that's, that's what I yeah. do.
2: And I mean, that's so that's so deep and that's so good. Um, because I love, you know, this thought of, you know, if it is not in my immediate surrounding, doesn't mean that it still can't be a reality for me. Yes. And I yes. think that, you know, that mental process of persistence and unwillingness to give up um, it is so key in this journey, not just with MS or chronic disease, but just in life, right? Because we all encounter episode, you know, a uh, times when people tell us no we all encounter um you know uh, other instances where we may not get the answer that we want or i have many people who come to me who say i just knew something was wrong and i was going to keep Searching until I found the yes. answer, and so that persistence and that stick-to-itiveness really pays off in the end. And so I think it's so important for us to express to people to not give up and to not quit. If you don't get the answer you need today, keep, keep pressing. Going. You will yes. get the answer, you know. And maybe try going somewhere else if you don't get the answer you need in one place. Nothing so wrong I with. I think it. that's so huge. Nothing. Nothing wrong, wrong with, it. with it, right? Nothing, Nothing wrong, wrong with it. it. So finally, just uh, so just, you know, you've given us so much good information and, and so much, um, you know, just knowledge about how we can advocate for ourselves and how people living with MS can advocate for themselves. If you had to put it down into like two or three top three tips you would give people living with MS to advocate for themselves within the healthcare care system, um, either for themselves or their families, what would those top three be?
1: my my top 3 tips would would be to uh, number 1 don't don't make don't don't let your ms just be yours make make your ms open to your family um we have mm-hmm. a tendency to uh to not you know that woe is me attitude we feel like that's that's a negative we don't want to share our problems there's something to be said about hey i do have ms and and mm-hmm. your ability to be vulnerable opens up the pathway for people to 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 help you i i am not here I'm on my own accord, Mincy. I didn't get out of the the, the wheelchair on my own accord. Mm-hmm. There are tons of people who are not on this podcast that have helped me get to where I am. Um, mm-hmm. And in doing so, I think that there's something to be said when you're on this path of MS to 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 to, to navigate it in such a way to where you can also share what you've been going through with somebody mm-hmm. else, with the hope of helping other people with MS to make yourself visible. Um, those yeah. are those are my 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 biggest things, and and again, those are free. You don't have to go right. somewhere. It is a it is a choice that you literally make up for yourself, that you're mm-hmm. going to be open, that you're going to be willing to be transparent. Um, so that's where the that's when the true healing can take place. Um, we've gone through the pain, but it's when you go through those painful experiences that you really look and true healing can really actually start to take place in the midst of your pain, of getting diagnosed. Um, that's that's kind of what's big for me is just being transparent and, and being open about your
0: diagnosis.
2: Wow, yeah, so that's amazing. So being transparent and open about your diagnosis, um, asking for help and then using your MS um, as a voice and as a way to kind of help others and to also help heal yourself. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing.
0: And that's it for our show today. This episode of the Can Do MS podcast was brought to you by our sponsors, Biogen and Genentech. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. You can also follow us on Instagram at can do multiple sclerosis. Thank you so much for listening.